0: You've been working bank robbery, what, 22 years? Yeah, 22 years. Man, LA has changed a lot during that time. The air got dirty and the sex got clean. Uh Uh-huh. So a guy with that kind of timing must have some theory about these guys. Leave it alone, Johnny. Okay, fine, you've given up, fine. It doesn't mean I have to. Hey, hey, listen. Forget about it, kid. They are ghosts. Yeah, of course. What am I thinking? If you couldn't crack it with all your years of experience, it's impossible to conceive that I might have something to offer, right? Well, maybe I can do better than some over-the-hill burnout. Hey, watch your mouth. Maybe you ought to just take some early retirement right now and get some rent-a-cop night security job. Tell Nam stories. Listen, snot those little shit. I was taking shrapnel and sod while you were crapping in your hands and rubbing it on your face. You mad? Yeah, mad. Good and mad. Yeah. What do you want to do about it? Feel it feels good, doesn't it? Like you're still alive, right? Yeah. Well, since you're still alive and you're not in the box just yet, why don't you tell me this theory of yours, and we'll go get these guys. Get ready. Woo! We are a tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavallunis. Indiana, one of, if not the most loathed state in the union on this show in particular, is forever in my debt. Call me naive, call me ignorant, call me an amateur bourbon aficionado, but Indiana has handle bottles of Buffalo Trace. I didn't even know they existed. You nailed it, Hoosierville. And from now on, you will never have a bad word come out of this guy's mouth. Again, the Memorial Tournament at Mirfield Village is upon us, and the Cutline is going to bring you in-depth analysis and the best plays for this weekend's tournament. But before that, hello Canada, hello USA, hello UK, Australia, New Zealand, Spain, Germany, Lithuania, South Africa, Cutline, worldwide. And as we always do, the Cutline appreciates all our loyal listeners, And remember, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud all over the places. Google Play, we're there, all over. So make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with the cut line. Fun is winning, and winning is mucho divertido. For you returning listeners... Oh, and remember, next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and... uh wear a hawaiian shirt and jeans thank you and for the for those of you new to the cut line you want answers i think i'm entitled you want answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth what took you so long took you a long time to get here i'm mike kevin Lunas at Lunis on twitter and i'm looking forward to this weekend's tournament it is one of my favorite on pga tour There's so much tradition and competition here, and it's just exciting from Thursday to Sunday. So many lead changes, so many things can happen, playoffs, playoffs, you name it, and we are going to see it here at the Memorial. So we are going to jump into this week's Good, Bad, and the Ugly from last week's Charles Schwab in the Good. We had a coax each way ticket winner nailed the play on the bump and run and drilled our core four. All right, that was last weekend. You can find the core four on CutlineGolf.com. You can find the Bump and Run over at FanShareSports.com and get all the information to help you make your best plays come Wednesday night. Now, the bad. I didn't get enough for my six of six at cash. Don't get me wrong. It just took till Sunday to start cashing a little bit bigger than I was looking for. Didn't have enough of them. Didn't have enough of them, but that's going to change this week. Now, the ugly the ugly call for last week. For all you fools who played Chalk Grillo. Come on guys, you don't do that. But it paid off. So why is that the ugly here? Well simple. You don't play Chalk Grillo. I don't care what you say, but I'm over it. I'm done with it. I get it. He's in play again this week. Now the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Memorial Tournament at Mirfield Village Golf Club. We're gonna do the best we can. Matt Damon, give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And <coughs> now, the goal of the cut line is not to make sure that you're to make sure that your not only is your tournament lined up in the green, but so is your bankroll. Looking forward to GPP wins, some dinero, some cash, money. Moolah, smashing and cashing. But it's Wednesday night. Not quite sure where ownership is leaning this week. The place that I go, Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. They have the best and premier ownership in the industry. So go to FanshareSports.com, fill out all the information, sign up in the discount code, write the word cut line, and you'll receive 25% off your monthly membership. Ownership is a leverage not to be belittled this week we move on to mere village golf club for the pga memorial tournament nicholas's hometown course and has been staple on pga tour and often ranks in the top 20 on tour past winners include DeShambo, woods justin rose jason duffner matsuyama kuchar john Rahm, and this course is unique the golfers are going to be looking at quite a doozy Forever known as a second-chunk course, as fairway average has historically been near 70%, mirfield Village presents a major-like atmosphere with the PGA Tour pros that are a part of the memorial field. Yet history can play tricks on us as the 2020 renovations turned a course that was criticized for being too easy off the tee into a course that was more similar to the Tour average in 2020. The fact is that this course was lengthened in 2020, and the greens were newly manicured for its members and with the modern player in mind. Taking these factors into account has turned Mirfield into more than just a modern challenge that produces a winner that is often thought of as one of the best players in the world. The tournament sets itself up for a challenge. The rough is typically grown out on purpose to appeal to golfers who are preparing for the U.S. Open. In addition, the prize pool at the Memorial is quite significant, a purse of $9.3 million. Winning this tournament is no easy task. We see an up and down percentage around 50%, and that could create severe penalties for those who are struggling around the green. If a player's ball striking is off, anticipate them to be headed home on Friday. Luckily, putting averages near the bottom 12 and creates one simple aspect for the player's game this weekend. Be solid from tee to green, and you're going to have a great weekend. The tournament has been success recently from Bombers, but indication of a strong course on... uh, PGA Tour winners, all sorts of ability are available for anyone who is winning this tournament. Look for par 5 scoring this week as all four of them often rank in the top 5 in terms of scoring on the entire course. Ironically, the long par 3s on the back 9 often find themselves as more of, as some of the more difficult holes that the golfers will face this weekend. Jack Nicklaus' designed bent green grass, 5,000 square foot greens, which are very small, and a 13 to 13 plus On the stint meter, these greens will be very fast. Looking at length, 7,200 yards, par 70, 13 water hazards, 74 bunkers. Looking ahead at the weather. Right now, looking at the forecast, there does not seem to be a weather advantage. There is some rain in the area on Thursday for that AM wave, so you could potentially get the softer uh, green, if you are dialed in and get pinpoint accuracy, but then again, its length is shortened on your driver. Uh, wind does not become a factor, so no tee time wave right now that I would say is at advantage other than the AM on Thursday. So you could look at that as your showdown, as your first round leader bets, which is most definitely an option. So, past winners John Rahm won last year, Cantley before that, Shambo Duffner in 2017. We had Willie McGirt, Lingmerth, Matsuyama, Kuchar up to 2013. Key stats that I'm looking at, ball striking, approach, strokes gained around the green, strokes gained tee to green, up and down percentage, bogey avoidance, and strokes gained par 5. Similar courses that we look at, Innisbrook, Bay Hill, PJ National, Augusta National, TPC River Highlands. So that is the course report, and you can find that on cutlinegolf.com. You can find the Simulator, Tournament Model, Core 4, all coming up very shortly, so CutLineGolf.com. But the question we have now for this week, who are the players that we are looking at? He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this brings us to the cut lines birdie or better segment where we look at each tier of golfer from the 11k range down through the 7k range and the best plays for the weekend. So looking at this weekend's tournament, it is a loaded field and I'm looking forward to playing guys like John Rahm, Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Corey Connors, DeChambeau, Roy McIlroy. Patrick Cantley. like you go down to this 9 k range, it's going to be loaded with players. Right now, looking at the power rankings, we're going to go top ten. Number one, Hovland. Two, John Rahm. Three, Xander. Four, Spieth. Five, Morikawa. Six, we got Corey Connors. Seven, Justin Thomas. Eight, Bryson DeChambeau. In number nine, Rory McIlroy. While Patrick Cantley rounds it out at number ten, So, and then you got Tony Finau, number 11, Matsuyama, number 12, Charlie Hoffman, number 13. These are the power rankings. These are available on cutlinegolf.com, so you can check these out. But those are how the power rankings are shaking out. But we're going to start up here in this top tier range from the 11K down to the 10K range, which includes Jordan Spieth, John Rahm, DeChambeau, McIlroy, Morikawa, and Justin Thomas of this crew. I don't hate anyone in this price range. Obviously, Jordan Spieth is back. We've seen him dominate. Second place finish last week. Ha ha ha! You guys who had tickets on him, ha! Losers. God, I had that coke rack ticket. I don't hate. I don't hate Jordan Speeth this week. Uh, we are finally leaving Texas, but we do see some solid course history. He does have an average finishing position of twenty-third place with a thirteenth, seventh, miscut. 13th again and then a 57th in 2016. Now, John Rom's interesting because he's played here twice and he has a miscut in 2017, but he did win last year and that was after the COVID break. So it was nice to see Rom succeed. In my approach model Rom does rank number 15. In my overall stat model Rom ranks number 15, but in my confidence model Rom ranks number 3. So we're looking at double-digit ownership for all these guys, with right now the exception being Deshambo and Roy McElroy. I'm surprised actually the love that Justin Thomas is getting, and I think people are pretty savvy in the industry now. They're going to go back to Justin Thomas, who's been struggling lately. has has looked good, has made cuts. Don't get me wrong. At the Charles Schwab, finished 40th, but still, we you know, you're, if you want to fade a guy like Justin Thomas, who has Two top 10 finishes here, three top 20 finishes in the last five years, but with two miss cuts, and then Roy McElroy, one miss cut out of four chances, and other than that, he's got an average finishing position of 15th place. It's gonna take some stones to fade these guys. Now, here's here's my rationale for why you see some missed cuts here. This is not an easy course, like if you're off in your ball striking at all, and we talk we've talked at length about the randomness of golf, you know it's possible that the best in the world can just have a bad weekend. It's certainly possible. So um, we're not really valuing the putter this weekend, so you can take that out of play. But we are looking at that approach and how important it is here. So um, in terms of the confidence model between these guys, between JT Morikawa, Rory, the best finish goes to Justin Thomas. He's number two. And then Rahm is number three. And then Jordan Spieth is number four. Following that, like Morikawa sits sixth. DeShambo sits ninth. And McElroy sits 15th. And it's going to be hard to just say fade Roy McElroy just based on his recent success, right? He did struggle at the PGA Championship, don't get me wrong. We were hopefully for a, hoping for a better showing, but still, you know, it's a major. It's different. Guys come there ready to play, and, and it's the elite competition. The course is incredibly difficult. All these guys have seen it. They have course history here. So really looking at the recent form, if we're going to dive into that, specifically in approach, okay, why we would say fade some of these guys in the last 12 rounds McElroy looks pretty brutal on approach. Deshambo the same way. Right? They're still in the top half of the field, but they do have question marks in terms of their recent form, in terms of their approach. This course really seems suited for someone like Morikawa and Justin Thomas because of their approach game abilities. I obviously we can't, we, we can't say enough great things about Rory and, and, and Rom and Speeth in their approach game. But we also need that key stat of being to be solid around the green because you are going to miss greens here. It's going to happen. So missing greens at all is going to force you to scramble. And when we start getting into the scrambling, that's where we get around the green and Morikawa struggles. Right. So if he's not on the green with his approach shots, it could be pretty bad. To watch Morikawa work around these greens, especially if it lasts for nine holes or a whole round. Could be a short weekend for Morikawa. So really take that into account when you guys are looking at this weekend's stats. It's very, very, very important when guys are missing these small greens. In terms of their around the green game, Rory struggled recently, Morikawa struggled recently in the last 36 rounds, Justin Thomas has been iffy at best, and actually, as always, the best option for guys around the green is Jordan Spieth, but again, you're playing a premium price, $11,300, so all key stats that you want to consider, let's move down to this 9K range, the guys I like, Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, Cantley, Matsuyama, Tony Finau, and Patrick Reed. I've been talking about Finau getting his first win this year. Not his first win, but another win on PGA Tour. It's coming. I'm sniffing it out, and I really think it's going to come this weekend. So I'm going to be very heavy on Tony Finau. You look at his course history here, four or five cuts in the last five years, average finishing position of 18th place. He's got one top 10, two top 20s along with the top 10, and then he's got a 40th place, of course, and a missed cut. He's looked really good recently. Eighth place at the PGA Championship, 20th at Charles Schwab. The form looks great. The approach game looks solid. He looks amazingly dialed in. Ranks number three in my overall stat model, number eight in my confidence model. In terms of Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric, number 11, Tony Finau. Tony Finau is looking good. He's looking solid. I'm loving it. You look in terms of the like last 36 rounds, how he's doing around the green, and on approach, 21st in the field on approach, 12th around the green, 4th in DraftKings scoring, that's also why we want to roster him this morning, or this weekend, so I'm huge on Tony Fino. Victor Hovland is another guy I love this weekend. Now, these guys are going to come with ownership, but I really don't care. I'll get diverse elsewhere and somewhere else, and in fact, like I really like going with these more balanced bills with these 9K guys, 8K guys, 7K guys. And we'll, when we get down to the MGs, the 6K range, there's really not a lot of love for me down there. And, of course, you look at the course history and the winners in in, in this tournament in the past, and it's hard to say that your better golfers don't win this tournament When Duffner won in in, in 2013, he was one of the best players on tour at that point in time for for what he was trying to accomplish. You know, Willie McGirt and Lingmurth could be argued as outliers, as we saw Matsuyama won in in 2014, and Kuchar won in 2013, and we've seen Tiger Woods win this before, too. So the big names typically win this tournament and just getting them at the right prices. DeChambo in 2018 was not a top-tier golfer. He was not priced that way, yet we know how good he is. We know how elite he is. So, again, that was a different Bryson, but we'll see. We'll see how this sh- tournament shakes out. Going back to this 9K range, Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland, to me, has proven enough to say that you just lock and load him regardless of chalk. Course history is here is limited. He played last year at the COVID break for the first time, finishing 48th. I'm not surprised with the 48th place finish. You've never played here before. You're going to struggle. And of course, you know, we're looking at a recent forum that is just awesome. 30th at the PGA Championship. Third at the Wells Fargo. Third at the Valspar. So he's knocking on the door. He is knocking on the door to win a tournament. Hovland so far, the last time he missed a cut was at the Players. I said that often happens to anyone. But before that, had not missed since the Honda Classic in March of 2020 before the COVID break. He's on a tear. He is on a tear. He's insanely good. Since January, since January, one, two, three, four, five top tens, five top tens. Five top fives. So if you're not going to play Victor Hovland this weekend, I don't know what you're doing. Much like Tony Finau, I think Hovland gets a win here soon, and I want to be a part of that group that has him in their lineups. Going on his ex and Xander Shoffley, he did miss the the cut at the BJ Championship. We always talk about him being a major cut maker and everything like that, but uh, is a is a golfer that's shown success here at the Memorial. Did miss the cut the first time he played here, but after that, finished with two top 20 finishes with an average finishing position of 14th place. Xander's in play this weekend and never gets the appropriate ownership. Right now, we're still looking at double-digit ownership. Don't get me wrong, but it's around 11 to 13% on our first run through at Fansharesports.com. So it's something that's key to look at. I think Catlay gets more ownership here this week than, say, Xander does just because of the course history and winning here before. We're no longer on the East Coast, and the East Coast theory that he sucks out there. He proved us wrong at the PGA Championship. I think he's really turned the corner based on whatever was going on, whether it was a swing flaw. Who knows what's going on, but it most definitely gives you a confidence bump when you see him going to uh, Kiwa Island and finishing 23rd at the PGA Championship. And then, of course, you look at his course history and average finishing position of 18th place with a win in 2019, and that was after a top-five finish in 2018. So he was knocking on the door, obviously playing a lot better. In his last 12 rounds, you can argue that his scoring is off, but you got to look at the courses at where he's played and where he struggled. Quail Hollow before the PGA Championship, which was not a ton of scoring options there, so that's why those numbers are down. And then you look at my aggregate model, he's figured in that top 20, confidence model top 15, and overall stat model top 15. He's looking solid. Is a solid play. Matsuyama always goes unoverlooked. He's won here before, so we are getting some good graces for that. Won the Masters. We know that he he played well there. He's back in the states. He's not at home being hounded by everyone. Came back 39th at the Byron Nelson, which I said he was a pivot, and it was a solid pivot. I'll take it. Like he didn't do better than. You know, the guys I asked him to do better than, but so what? He made the cut. He came back from his win at the Masters and and played well. From there, you know, went to the PGA Championship, finished 23rd place. He's playing great golf. That's that's the truth. And if he's going to come in and lower ownership, then I'm most definitely going to buy into that. Corey Connors is someone that I've been playing a lot of lately just based on his form. But I'm not quite sure he fits this tournament mold right now. But there's two trains of thought, right? His first time here, 65th place, he he made the cut. Last year, 22nd place. He's been playing really, really good golf this year. In the last 12 rounds, 16th on approach, 30th in scoring. You don't need to putt here... Like well or be a good putter because the greens are so small and he just fits so well on my overall stat model confidence model i would call Corey connor's one of those fade at your own risk type of plays simply because he has been playing so well this year and he's just not getting the appropriate love that i think is necessary we already talked about tony finau so we're gonna go straight to patrick reed again reed is always in play doesn't get the appropriate ownership and is solid around the greens has the short game to make up for any miss hits or misses that he has and you don't need to be solid or dominant off the tee surprisingly though surprisingly reed's best finish in the last five years here is eighth place but he did get that in 2016 after that a 57th 29th and then a 10th place finish over in 2020 he's 9100 dollars so he surprisingly comes in very cheap, but I think part of that is just the fact that he's coming off a missed cut over at uh, the Schwab. But this is where he lost strokes tee to green, lost strokes off the tee, lost strokes on approach, but where he did gain and continues to gain just weakly is around the green. If you look at the last five rounds, he he's never been amazing off the tee, but He hasn't been dominating on approach shots either. Where he's he's excelled is around the green. I think you're going to need that this weekend. You're going to need to be able to bounce back if you get a bogey. So we'll be seeing that from Patrick Reed. I do think that he's missed some cuts here recently, right? He's been very volatile. So he missed the cut but followed that up with a win at the Farmers and then a ninth place and then missed the cut at the API but then got 22nd at the players and then 8th at the masters but then missed the cut at the Valspar 6th 17th missed the cut at the Schwab I think that's just what you get with Patrick Reed you know right now you get a very volatile huge standard deviation type of guy that's going to create those issues in your lineups where he, he could boom or bust them looking at the simulator model if we're just looking at 2021 stats Reed ranks seventeenth in DraftKings projections, top twenty-five percentage of twenty-six point three percent. So he's looking good for twenty twenty-one. If you you know change that simulation to just the tournament, and you get rid of the twenty twenty-one, Reed six thirty-sixth. So it's something to point out. We 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 kind of tend to go for like a balanced build looking at just recent form and we we modify this the simulator if we look at that Reed sits 39th so again you're looking at the volatility of Patrick Reed Sam Burns man he keeps top 5ing top 10 in the sim model so something to point out we get to that 8k range but um so that'll round out that 9k range and in the 8k range guys i like coming down here Neiman Fitzpatrick Usti, Charlie Hoffman Sung JM And Ricky Fowler, I am buying into the Ricky Fowler train. I think he's figured it out. I think he's back. I talked about this at the PGA Championship. I talked about what we were seeing at the Wells Fargo and the Byron Nelson and what was missing from Ricky's game. And you are seeing an improved approach play. In the last 12 rounds, he's 34th in approach. In the last 24 24 rounds, he's 61st in approach. This is not going to last forever. This is not going to be career ending for Ricky Fowler, these swing problems. I'm going back here. He's going to be single digit ownership. I'm going to buy into that. At 8,000 again, though. That's the problem with Ricky Fowler here. So you're taking on a lot of risk at that price. It was one thing to get him in the 7K range. Now we're buying back into Ricky Fowler at a price of eight thousand. If you think he can top ten, I think he can. Coming off the PGA Championship, a lot of confidence there. You buy back in. You buy back into Ricky Fowler. Thing I like though, in terms of like tournament style projections, he's in the top ten. Eighty-four point seven six is what I'm projecting for DraftKings. In terms of this course projections, thirty-second. Not enough at 8K. I get that, but still, there are positive things going back in there. All right, so let's go to the top of the 8K range. I know we went straight to the bottom, but looking at Neiman and Fitzpatrick, again, these are guys who I think fit this course very well. Solid on approach. Decent enough off the tee. Both have top 10 finishes here at the Memorial. Of course, uh, last year, Neiman missed the cut. I remember that burned me bad last weekend or last year. And then, of course, you you look at their recent form and We saw some missed cuts at the Byron Nelson. And here's my thing about that tournament. It was so easy. right? Anyone could have been dialed in that weekend and forced people to miss a cut. But that's what was so frustrating about the AT&T Byron Nelson. So I'm not holding it against someone like Fitzpatrick. Going down to Usti, Usti, the thing with him here is, is this tournament... Enough to warrant him not to be, like, bad Usti. Bad Ustuzin. That's the thing. Play at the PGA Championship so he has time off. We're not going to get the excuse of playing three tournaments in a row and then Usti has to take it off. Okay, he finished in second place. Eighth at the Valspar. He's obviously dialed in. 26th at the Masters, 41st at the Players. Has not missed a cut since the RSM. And that was back in November. So it doesn't really count. But since then, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tournaments all made cuts with four top 20s. And then the rest are in the top 30s minus the Players' Championship where he finished 41st. So Ustuzing is an interesting play this weekend. You look at him in terms of like strokes gained around the green. He's in the top 10. He's in the top 40 in approach. Does struggle off the tee, but you don't necessarily need to be long here. The course is longer. Don't get me wrong, but we are looking for fairway accuracy and approach shots still. I still think you need to wait some of of the driving distance, and Ustuzing, you know, is up there for that. Um, Sort of like middle of the field for that, but it's okay. Uh, Long story short, though, I think he's in play this weekend. You're going to run into, you know, all types of issues with any golfer that you roster. I have my reservations for Ustuzin, and this is more of a gut call. It's not a numbers thing. It's not a metrics thing. He will be in my lineups. He's not going to be in my can't-do-it plays. We're not going that route here with Ustuzin. But still, it's like, do you want to swallow that pill and that risk? Great scrambler. Hard to fade that. Hard to fade that. All right, moving on. Next guy I want to mention Charlie Hoffman, he's been on a tear. You stay with it, you ride it till he sinks, and and you know it, it's just the truth. The guy's been amazing on approach. He's been dialed in. I get it. Course history here has been brutal. Two missed cuts and a forty fifth in twenty seventeen didn't play here last year. If you don't like that, if you are a big course history guy, lower your exposure. Lower your exposure in your mass multi-entry. Like If he's projecting at 20%, play 10% of him. Play 5% of him. Whatever you want to do for your exposure level. But still, he's too good right now to just say, I'm not going to play him. I mean, third at the Schwab. 17th at the PGA Championship. You can't ignore hot irons. You can't ignore a hot putter. You can't ignore the fact that he hasn't missed a cut since the Waste Management Phoenix Open back in February, right? And in that time, he had 7th at the AT&T Pro-Am, 10th at the API, 2nd at the Valero, 3rd at the Charles Schwab, all top 10s, 10th at the API, like I said, tons of top 20s, 17th at the PGA Championship, 18th at the Velspar, 18th at RBC Heritage, and of course, 34th at Corales. 52nd at Genesis, and that could be the outlier. What I worry about here with Charlie Hoffman and why his course history is so bad is his strokes gain around the green. It is brutal and could easily force him to miss a cut this weekend. Okay, I know me personally, I will have Charlie Hoffman, but I'm going to be on the end of conservative based on the field based on what his exposures come out to in terms of his ownership. Right now, we're looking at double-digit ownership. Above 15%. I will most definitely have him in single-digit. If I get to 150 max, he will still be in a single digits. If I get to the 20 max, maybe one or two lineups. Just because it's around the green game is so bad. It's so bad. So that is my reservation with him. But it's just, he's been playing so good on approach that if he doesn't need that often, to, to pull those wedges out of the bag, then we're good to go, right? We're good to go, we're dialed in on approach, so moving on to Sung J M. Sung J M has not been the Terminator of old, has not been the play every weekend, let's watch you dominate that we used to love from the last two seasons, no he's been missing cuts at the Schwab, 17th at the PGA Championship, missing cuts at Wells Fargo, missing cuts at the Masters Tournament He's missing cuts at difficult tournaments recently, which makes me kind of curious is what's going on with Sungjae Im's game. Usually he's dialed in on approach. In the last 10, 10 rounds, he's lost strokes over a stroke on approach. I don't like that coming into this game. Now, again, we're in that Charlie Hoffman boat, that Charlie Hoffman situation where we're going to have double-digit ownership. Still, I don't think I can just simply fade Sung J M this weekend I think he fits this course well regardless of his course history with the miscut last year and the 57th the year before that I know he's coming in cold but he's in a decent enough approach player to where he should play enough play well here in my overall stat model he ranks number 33 aggregate model number 30 and in my confidence model he ranks number 28th Vegas likes him too they got him ranked 20th overall at 50 to 1 so Moving down, that is the 8K range. Those are the guys I'm going to cover. So let's go down to that 7K range, and we're going to finish this Pretty or Better segment down here. And the guys I like down here are Gary Woodland, Adam Scott, Griot, Strelman, Wallace, Kucher, Sebastian Munoz, Cameron Davis are the are the guys in the 7K range that I like. There is a huge gap in that 7,300 down to 7,100 you got guys like Doug Gim, Lucas Glover, Russell Henley, Brandon Todd, H V three, Gooch, Matt Jones, Kiz, Chris Kirk, and Siwoo Kim. They rank out okay. So like Gim, do you really want to go back to Doug Gim, first time he's playing here? No. Lucas Glover? Ooh. I don't know if I want to go that route. He doesn't do it for me at seventy two hundred. With an average finishing position of 44th place. So there's a huge gap. HV3 missing too many cuts. Same with Taylor Gooch. Two straight miss cuts. Doesn't play well here. Look at Siwoo Kim. 74th, withdraw, 29th, 41st, 18th. Not enough for me. Too many missed cuts for Kazire. Too many missed cuts for Chris Kirk. And that's why there's a huge gap in that range. I, I just they're not, they're not can't do it by any means. But they're not guys that I'm just going to lock in and play as filler plays. I'm going to use the guys I like in this 7K range because this is, I think where a lot of your lineups are going to be made or made or made or broken. I would suggest building up from this price tier. If you don't want to go down in the 6K range, build up from the 7K range. You'd be surprised what you can build in the lineups that you get. So Gary Woodland, Adam Scott again awesome for the course both of them have average finishing positions in the top 30 in terms of the course history adam scott i loved him at the pj championship and dear lord did he burn me he just burned me i thought he was going to come back be hot be on fire and it wasn't and thank goodness for that because we're we're looking at adam scott ownership at 7900 adam scott at very reduced ownership sub 5% right now and I'm sure that number will change come Wednesday night. But still, it's it's still pretty amazing that you get a caliber of Adam Scott, a guy who's played here a lot, decent course history, no missed cuts. Come on, man, lock him in, lock him in. Gary Woodland, kind of the same boat. I think he fits this course really well. I don't like giving this way too often, but Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric, he ranks number nine, so he's kind of getting really overlooked here. Again, a solid uh, a solid. Win player, approach player, we're not running into that. But the thing I like is he made 5 of 5 straight cuts here. So that gives him some win win equity, some ability to to dominate this course. And at 7,900, I think he's kind of a bargain, kind of a steal. Always been more of a bomber, but he's pretty good on approach. 27th in the field in the last 36 on approach. So that, that that's good to see. In terms of strokes gained, he is doing well enough around the green in the last 36 rounds to where I'm not going to just be like, okay, I'm not going to roster you, right? Uh, like it's not terrible, but it's not that great. We saw Gary Woodland win it, win win at pebble when, you know, so he's 75th around the green last, the last 36 rounds. So there is hesitation there because you want that to just be better. I would just rather go back to Ricky Fowler, honestly, and just pay up to 7,900, but I still have some woodland this weekend. Continuing on here in the 7K range, <coughs> Griot. I faded him last week. I said, can't do it. Won't want to play him. Don't want any piece of him. We are going right back to him. He did miss the cut in 2020. It was an odd year, but after that, average finishing position of 21st. You play Griot on small greens unfortunately i'm going to have to break my rule that i mentioned the ugly he's if okay at some point you need to make a decision on chalk right what chalk is going to fail what chalk is bound to hurt you okay like cameron tringale is coming in double digit ownership do you want to go back to cameron tringale great season so far don't get me wrong doesn't necessarily mean I want to get back to him. So you need to look at this double-digit chalk and decide what you can stomach and what you can't. Two golden rules of Griot. You don't play chalk Griot. But the other golden golden rule, small greens, you play them. The putter goes away, right? It doesn't ruin your Sunday. It doesn't ruin your Saturday because he can't putt. Ends up three-putting everything. Solid around the greens, solid on approach. He's in play this weekend. Kevin Strillman is in play as well. He ranks 38th in my overall stat model, but 25th in my aggregate model, and 23rd in my confidence model. But where I really like him is he's 23rd in my approach model. So I like him coming in and approach. You look at the course history here, 5 of 5 straight made cuts with an average finishing position of 25th. And that is backed by two top 10s and three top 20s. 8th, 17th, and 4th. 2018 and 2020, 54th and 44th. So Streelman's in play. He's looking solid here this weekend. I don't think it's really hard just to build solid lineups. And you don't have to get super different to get unique because the field is a little bit stronger. And it'll take one or two guys. And of course, we'll mention Wallace, Kucher, and Munoz here in Cam Davis. These guys that I I, I like them a lot. The Kucher, of course, has won here before. Arguably his best season as a pro. He he kinda rounded it out with I think the fourth win in that like year span at that point in time. Decent approach players. Munoz been struggling in approach recently, which happens, I guess. But both of the, all all four of those guys made the cut at the Schwab. Of course, Munoz finishing in third looks solid. So you need to go back to him. In terms of like course history, miscut for Cameron Davis in 2018, hasn't played here since. But then you look at at someone like Kucher who it's one year before, but in the last five years, 32nd, cut, 13th, 4th, and 4th. So you don't need to be long here to do well. And, of course, he's coming in at 7400 So you can roster him and take advantage of that. Matt Wallace, the first time playing here, finishing 4th. Would love to get a top-five finish again out of a guy who's $7,400. Cam Davis is my only question mark, really, coming into this. He He's just, he missed the cut three years ago my overall stat model ranks towards the bottom Munoz does too so don't don't get me wrong on that but it's just he's not projecting well 94th in terms of like course like this this particular course projections so like you got some iffy kind of questionable suspect options here but I do love the the form that Munoz is coming in so well, that'll round out the 7K range for us and what we're looking at, but who can't we play this weekend? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 How no? Can't do it. This is everyone's favorite segment, can't do it, won't do it. The golfers that we are not going to play this weekend, the golfers that are getting double-digit ownership that we are going to completely fade out of our lineups in here to optimize our builds where we're going to get different. So looking at ownership, initial ownership run, of course, this always changes. They're always cash viable. If you want to play these guys in cash, I don't really care. We're talking simply GPP, right? Right. Mass multi-entry. The can't do it. Long. Sam Burns. Shane Lowry. Keegan Bradley. Stuart Sink, Doug Gim, and Lucas Glover. And it's not to say that Keegan Bradley won't make the cut. Because he can. He might. He might make the cut. Here is the issue with some of these guys. Shane Lowry is a price problem. Eighty-four hundred dollars. I'd rather play other guys in this pricing tier than Shane Lowry, and it's nothing against him. He's solid around the green. He was fourth at the PGA Championship, but then we saw sixty-fifth at the Wells Fargo, ninth at the RBC Heritage. I would even consider the RBC Heritage a com- comparable course with the small greens, but he dominated an approach that day. That weekend, he gained over like six strokes in approach. So, where's that kind of happy medium sit with Shane Lowry because there are times we see him lose strokes, almost six strokes in approach this year, this calendar year, WGC Mexico specifically. So he's solid around the green, he's solid play in general. It's just there are guys I'd rather play in this 8K range other than Shane Lowry at $8,400. Sam Burns, why we can't play him? So you look at Sam Burns, $8900. Where he struggles though is his short game around the green. We talk about Bermuda Burns, the putting and everything like that, but he is brutal around the green. If Sam Burns, regardless of his recent form, ends up being that 17, 18, 19% chalk, no thank you. Not going to take it. I get it. He's decent on approach, and we made this argument before with other players that if they're hitting the greens, they don't need the around the green game. That's fine. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to take the risk with Burns. I'm going to go elsewhere, especially with $8,900 Sam Burns. I, he's, he's, he's finally made the cor- turned the corner. He's come around. But I'm not jumping on board yet. I'm going to wait. I'm going to say, you know what? You're going to come burn everyone again when you're double-digit ownership, Sam Burns. But we'll see. That ownership could change. Could drop below 10%. It becomes viable again. The next guy I want to mention, the next can't-do-it play. Stuart Sink. Stuart Sink at 7500. Right? Coming in at double digit ownership. Lucas Glover coming in at double digit ownership. It's not that these guys are like terrible options for this course. Like like they like they're not terrible options for this course, but at that price range for their abilities around the green, I don't want to touch them. Sink is brutal around the green. So if he's struggling with his ball striking, if he's struggling on approach, it's all but over come Friday. And he's going to be double-digit ownership. Lucas Glover is decent enough in his all-around game at $7,200. It's not a bad price, but again, 40th in the field around the green. And we talked about it. The course history here is not impeccable. So that that kind of rounds out the can't-do-it plays. Let's go... uh, Let's go look at that six K range. Bring out those MGs, monsters and guarantees. <laughs> Martin Pillar, he is a monster. He is a monster. Miss cut, miss cut. Martin Pillar, I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar, miss cut, miss cut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> I guarantee you'll make the cut. So this is the MG Monsters and Guarantees, the 6K range where we look at players that we think will finish top 25 or better. I'm going to say a little bit of a disclaimer. I do not love the 6K range this weekend. Are they viable? Do they have to go in some of your lineup builds? Especially if you go with someone like Jordan Speed, yes. If you go with John Rahm, yes. They need to be in your lineups. 11,300, 11,100, you're just not going to fit decent enough lineups, in my opinion, that's going to build well. But we are looking at simply four guys in this 6K range, none that go below 6,700, and that is Troy Merritt, Luke List, Martin Laird, and Matthew Naismith. Yes, that main Matt Naismith. We're going back to him, sadly. Okay, but these are the guys who I think are coming in with Decent enough upside, and they have the top 25% win equity style within their, within their pricing and within their gap. Of course, go down to Duffner, Carl Stanley, Russell Knox. Those are guys that are options. I always like doing this with this 6K range, and I'm going to do it again here. And we're going to look at guys who have made at least like three or four cuts, three or three cuts, four of four cuts, four or five cuts, et cetera. Um, just those cut makers in this range. And looking specifically at the Memorial – We're going to look at 3 of 4, 3 of 3, 4 of 4, and 4 of 5. We're not going to look at 3 of 5. I I just don't think it's a viable option. And, of course, this is the last five five years. You're looking at guys like Adam Hadwin, Patrick Rogers, Brennan Steele, Benny Ahn, Sung Kang, Lingmerth, obviously with a win here before. Lovemark, Duffner, Knox, Willie McGirt with the win here. Um, Other than the win, though, McGirt's finishing position is nothing to write home about. Now these are guys who technically do not fit this mold, right? You look at their approach model ranking and they're brutal with the lone exception of Knox and Duffner. You look at the overall stat model and with the exception of Knox and Duffner, it looks bad again. But where these guys look solid enough is in their course history and playing well here. So you might want to really consider playing Benny on this weekend. He's going to be sub. 5% 5 percent ownership and and it could be a Benny weekend considering you look at his course history minus the miscut in 2020 17th second 25th and 11th that's pure top 25 loves playing here average place of 14th 14th place you can go to hadwin he's not he, other than his 2016 finish he struggled here with one only one miscut but not paying off at 6700 so so it's an option duffner one. Followed his win with a missed cut, but then finished 7th and 44th last year. Do you want to go duff? I don't really look at recent form for these 6K guys because it's really not going to say much if they're all missing cuts. They're priced down here for a reason. They're not good. They're not good on PGA Tour. They don't have a ton of win equity in this range. Looking at the simulator model, and we'll balance it out here for you with uh, equal weights towards 2021 the tournament in recent form down in the 6k range cameron champ shows up not sure if you want to buy that tom Hogue shows up viegas shows up robert streb shows up jb holmes shows up kyle stanley shows up so these are guys that are down here in the 6k range Again, you can use the simulator on cutlinegolf.com if you guys want to access that and change your randomness, change the scoring for any player that you want, change the weights. You want to see a simulation just based on the tournament. We can run that now based on tournament history. So if they don't have tournament history, they get the tournament averages. Um, Looking at this 6K range. Hogue again, he shows up. Streb, Benny on, big time Benny on james on jb holmes So a lot to like here down here in the simulator when the 6k range um a lot of a lot of top 25 percentage down there so something to think about something to look at let's take it home let's go oh you men are all alike seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag you better keep your mouth shut oh i think i love him That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the Cutline's breakdown of the Memorial Tournament at Muirfield Village. Join us next week as we break down the Palmetto Championship at Congaree, Congaree? Congaree Golf Club in Ridgeland, South Carolina. First time there. Followed by the U.S. Open. That'll be a fun one. Thank you for listening to the Cutline. We appreciate all our loyal listeners. Make sure you guys check out Fanshare Sports. Come Sunday, go get them! Let's get some winners!